0: Lights out and away we go. Podcasting from Studio 2520, somewhere near Akron, Ohio. This is Tackling the Chicane. Never gets old. Here we are on a on a Sunday at Studio 2520. After yes, live. Garrett is in studio here today. Um after a busy weekend with uh friends and family. We decided to try to squeeze a, uh, a pod in here before Garrett gets back to Westerville and uh, we end our weekend, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, good to be back. Let me just extend a warm welcome to all England, Mexico, and Buckeye fans alike on this <laughs> beautiful Thanksgiving weekend uh I'm in a pretty good mood if you couldn't tell uh we'll delve into all sorts of goodness today uh quick little tangent into the world of college football for those of you that don't know the two hosts of this show uh Michigan Wolverines fans, and uh yesterday Michigan trounced the Buckeyes in the horseshoe.
0: 45 to 23. Yeah, it was was a well-played game by Michigan. Um, I finally feel like after years and years of Ohio State fans not giving Michigan credit for being a a well-coached, good, deserving football team, um, two wins in a row, and as soundly as they beat Ohio State yesterday, um, they just – Pretty much cemented themselves as uh, you know. They're they're a team that will give Ohio State a lot of trouble in the coming years, I think. And I mm-hmm. at Harbaugh's finally his plan is finally in place, and we finally got some decent players. And now that those types of wins make it easier to recruit. God forbid if we get into a national championship <laughs> situation. Yeah. I'll take whatever happens at this point forward. The biggest, that was the biggest game of the year always is for me. Um, you know, if they win something, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, but yet, you know, yesterday was all I really need.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I felt last year when we beat Ohio state, it kind of felt like maybe just maybe the pendulum was swinging in that rivalry a, a little bit. Um, Yesterday is exactly what I needed to see to kind of solidify that opinion. Uh, I think we're in very good shape for the future. And, you know, last year it kind of felt like after beating Ohio State, we were playing with house money. You know, we ended up winning the Big Ten championship, making it to our first college football playoff, obviously getting, you know, pretty soundly beaten by Georgia. But this year, you know, I I, I think there is a a legitimate legitimate shot at a national championship um, if results hold you know georgia wins and we win um, next saturday we would avoid georgia which is a big deal in the playoffs. so take it a week at a time but yeah <laughs> i i beating ohio state is something i haven't experienced too often in my michigan fandom uh so this is only three for you right three that i remember Right, uh, four that I've technically been alive for. Okay. So yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is nice, and this is the first time it's been back to back. So I'm loving it. I'm yeah.
0: Yeah. Yesterday was a good day. Um, like I said, I think it it was more enjoyable just to, you know, that eighty something yard run back for mm-hmm. a touchdown, and then all of a sudden you're up, you know, twenty one points, and <clears throat> the yeah. Buckeyes they and this happens to any football team. You know, you can tell there was a turning point in that game where they they were done.
1: Yeah, it it um, did seem like uh you know going into halftime we were not winning, but it, it was closer than I think they thought it was going to be. And then we took it to them in the second half. It did it did feel like when we took the lead in the third quarter, that was kind of when the Buckeyes were gonna pack it in not necessarily pack it in but the confidence was shot for them so yeah know, yep a, so a great day yeah
0: <laughs> and then i guess it was friday uh we got to head over to one of our favorite watering holes and watch uh usa versus england
1: yeah do we, you want Do you want to get into that now or um save it? we
0: could talk about it after we wrap up f1 yeah that's um, fine just all-encompassing sports
1: weekend i guess and yeah and it's gonna be mostly off the rip but no no problem here yeah um
0: when i'm trying to think when this race was it a week ago today
1: a week ago today we're recording on a sunday so
0: yeah um abu dhabi the last gp of 2022 um overall not really that great of a race yeah um I'm glad that this season is over. Mm-hmm. I would like to see what next season is going to bring as far as position position changes. I got a a little uh, blurb, F one blurb on my phone this morning uh, that um, Matteo or Matteo 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 I can't ever say his freaking name. I Ma- don't know Mateo. why. Matteo Matteo Benato is is gone. Ferrari so really? I think he got
1: fired <laughs> um based on how this season went that's probably exactly uh what I would have expect to have happened y-
0: yeah that wasn't very surprising um uh, let me see if I can get any further information
1: on that I just am thinking back and we've talked about it a number of times to all the missed opportunities especially early on in the season a lot of strategy uh failures to put it bluntly uh from ferrari this season that really robbed themselves and most of the f1 world from a actual title race this year
0: yeah and of course the actual f1 site has nothing so they always have to gather themselves for a day before they release any information i think it was on instagram
1: that i saw that so
0: hopefully it's true (laughs) i don't know if we can verify that or not
1: yeah i would uh you know, I'm assuming it's true. I, it, it seems like all of the signs, the cards, were pointing to that, anyways. Um, and I, definitely the the time for Ferrari to make a move. I really hope they are true competitors in the championship race next season. It's going to be tough to dethrone Red Bull, but if there's a team that can do it, uh, it's certainly, um. Certainly, Ferrari. But uh,
0: oh yeah, so is it
1: rumors? Is it real? I don't know. There's
0: all kinds of shit here. It's but probably going to the happen. Daily Mail. So that's a UK yeah. deal. Uh, offers resignation as team principal. So he didn't get fired. He he resigned. Offers
1: um, his resignation. Well, that's interesting wording. But yeah.
0: offered to step down as team principal of Ferrari, which means probably nothing's actually occurred yet. He'll be gone. So, uh, maybe that's why it's not on any major news uh outlet is because it's just hearsay or it's not hearsay he's offered to step down Um, I don't know why they would turn him down uh based yeah, on the year that they had
1: I, really, so, I, don't know. I guess we'll see, yeah, he'll be gone
0: uh I'm not gonna run through all these notes on this race. it's like I said it it was boring. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a whole lot going on. That, um I don't see anything. I don't remember anything of any real great note.
1: Uh there was a a moment where uh signs pretty much ran Hamilton off the track kind of early on. That was sort of interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: and then uh they Hamilton has to give the position back.
1: Yeah. And then just going to the end of his race, he ends up having to head to the garage early. Um, I couldn't really understand why. Something with gears. I don't know. He's complaining about the gearbox, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, premature finish for him. Yeah, I was
0: really looking forward to Vettel. Um, I was kind of rooting for him from the jump. I wanted to see... You know how good of a finish he could he could uh, muster, and um, you know I don't remember what his position was fifteenth uh, yeah. or thirteenth or something, maybe. I'm
1: I'm, I'm looking now.
0: That's <laughs> what happens when you do a when you do a recap a week out after yeah. all the stuff that we've watched. He in finishes between. tenth, tenth. So not bad in the points. In the points.
1: Yeah, I mean. He's not in a vehicle that was ever going to win a race, but, you know, a, a good a good finish for him. Uh, and I thought he was competitive in terms of the team that he runs for for most of the year. So, you know, I, I don't think this is the last we'll see of him in Formula One, if I'm being completely honest, um, especially with Audi in the somewhat near future and he's not really that old if you take into account like 41 year old Fernando Alonso is still racing so yeah
0: I, th- I i just um you know Vettel or not Vettel Verstappen towards the end of this year just became harder and harder to put up with yeah um he's not a very likable driver i don't think or at least he at the end of the season, that's how he presented himself to me. Um, I, <laughs> I really got frustrated with the fact that, and this race was no different, you know, he's, he's picking up a second and a half a lap and it's just tearing away from the entire field, you know, and that's, I get it. I know we've talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, it's a great car. It's a good program. He's a great driver, but it does not make for entertaining racing.
1: Well, I would just echoing from what I've said, I think in the last episode, there seems to be no desire for him to race for the team of Red Bull at all. And he's proven that all year. I mean he's had this title wrapped up since September or the end of September. Could could we throw your teammate a couple bones here? Could you
0: I agree a hundred percent. I you know, if you won the championship three races ago and you can't give Perez a chance at a at a first place podium Mm -hmm. just get behind him yeah that's all you have to do
1: or hold up a driver or something
0: Be be a good teammate and and let the guy get some points
1: first of all yeah well
0: that was a fuckhead move a couple of races ago too where he wouldn't let him take the position mm -hmm. Uh, i know the points didn't mathematically end up really mattering but it was the point it was the the, principle of principle
1: of not letting your teammate pass you just for some bullshit conspiracy theory you have. I just
0: also, I get so tired of his radio calls. Yeah. Um, I have one note here about what a pussy he is because (laughs) he's, they're getting close. They're getting close. They weren't getting close. He was eight seconds ahead of the the quickest Ferrari. And by the end of the race, it was almost double that. Yeah. And he's, he's yelling on the radio that they're getting close.
1: It's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like it matters. Oh, so if they beat you, you only have 14 wins to your 15 this season. Yeah, I just got salty
0: towards the end of the season with him. I'm not a fan. I think I'll, I won't be a hater. Uh, I don't have enough energy to do that. There's no sense. I'm not going to root for the guy. No.
1: So, you know, I was happy Red Bull took down the evil empire of Mercedes this year, but Verstappen's just not.
0: Yeah, I'm sure if, if we had done this podcast seven years ago, we'd be saying the same thing about Hamilton. Yeah. But somehow Hamilton seems more likable as a person. Yeah. He's uh, he's always very humble to the crowd. He's always, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. I guess if, if we were in the mi- midst of this thing when he was <laughs> winning ripping race. off, you know, eight in a row or seven in a row, we probably would have bad things to say about him Yeah, I
1: mean, everyone hates a winner, right? So, I mean, I don't know. It's just some of the things Verstappen was doing. It's like, come on, man. Can you just race for your team for once? But... So, yeah,
0: Vettel uh, rides off into the sunset, I guess, with 122 podiums in his career, 55 wins, and four championships.
1: That's that's legendary. That's so, a legendary yeah. career. And I don't know what he's
0: going to end up doing. I he strikes me as the kind of guy that would probably do some color or TV or something maybe I, uh, after he finishes saving the world because I think that's why he's what his intent is is yeah. to uh <laughs> he's a pretty big environmentalist. <laughs> yeah. So
1: um yeah, he's it it could go both ways to where I could see him just kind of falling off the face of the earth or maybe maybe, you know, kind of transitioning into television um but again i i don't think his story is quite done just yet i think maybe this is more of a sabbatical for him uh but we'll see we'll see um charles Leclerc ends up getting p2 overall in the uh driver's championship so as good of a finish as the uh really could have gotten after say july so
0: 308 in points to perez's 305 so that was a very close match or a very close race Mm -hmm. between the two of them for position all year which kind of made it fun Um, russell had a decent showing this year although he ends up 30 points behind perez but he did well
1: he was mr consistency i think he only had two or three races where he didn't finish in the top five
0: yep and then science um let's see 29 points behind him uh then hamilton uh,
1: hamilton first season i don't know if it's ever or for a very long time where he did not win a race
0: yeah and only six points uh behind science so there was a little bit of a competition there as well yeah and then after that it just goes to hell in a handbasket um <laughs> Lando Norris had a great year he finished seventh had that uh,
1: podium at Australia if you yeah remember way back when
0: it's just so hard to be competitive in the points race when you can't get positions mm-hmm. um, so I mean we're talking about 120 some points between Hamilton and Norris, and then after that, it 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 just you know falls off even greater. Yeah. Uh, Ocon, Esteban Ocon in eighth. Uh, Al, Al, uh, Alpine is <clears throat> eight and nine, so they had a great season too. Yeah. Considering
1: they, they ended up being more consistent than McLaren, which is what got them uh, got them P four in the constructors' championship. Is there? Let me just pose a question to you. Is there a real chance in a competitor taking down Red Bull next year? Um,
0: There's always a chance. I mean, I suppose they could take the off part of the year and and try to make, you know, I'm talking about Mercedes and Ferrari Ferrari. and McLaren, try to figure out a way to make their car as competitive aerodynamically. And that's where Red Bull's big... Um, advantage was this year we talked about it a little bit over the course of the last uh, few podcasts they just have the best design for airflow um, they figured it out they have the best design suspension and you see what it what it allows them to do mm-hmm. um, after the after ninth Alonso uh, we got Botas for Alfa Romeo in 10th and then Danny Rick for McLaren 11th that'll be interesting to see um I don't know what a third position driver is going to do I think he's couple, just waiting
1: a couple FP1s maybe uh if someone's sick or hurt type of deal right um
0: it's going to be interesting um uh, Vettel 12th K. Mag 13th and then after that it's you know the usual. The usual suspects that run around uh, in P15 through 19 every week. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. Um, it's a tough series and and very complex cars. More than, you know, even though I've been into it this year more than I have ever, I still have a hard time understanding the technology and... I learned something just about every week that I didn't know before, you know, how complicated these cars are. And if <laughs> if you're not a fan of F1 um, or you, you don't have any intention of being a fan of F1, at least understand this, that there is no more complex machine racing on the planet than yeah. that car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, so much different than even Indy. Yeah. And Indy's a pretty, well, it's fairly com- complex. It, not compared to this car. No. I mean, but in fact, yeah. some people would probably argue that Indy cars are pretty basic technology well,
1: wise. I'm, and I don't, you know more than me, but I'm thinking, would a car that runs at, say, Le Mans, would that be more complex than an Indy car? and am, um, am I reaching? Are you talking about. Uh, like the 24 hour. Yeah, like the uh, prototype,
0: the Daytona. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yes, Um, or is it? That's probably a little bit more complex than an Indy car, but not as complex as an F one car. Yeah, I mean, and it depends on what, which class. Like, prototype is a class, Mm -hmm. and those are like bespoke, hand built. Yeah, and then there's other subclasses that are sort of stock, but not really stock, and then it goes closer to stock. Yeah all the way down the line but yeah those prototype cars are pretty pretty interesting a lot of aerodynamic and physics going on there too yeah i don't think systems wise there's anything as complex as an f1 car. no
1: i that's that's the top king of the hill there.
0: when you factor in the hybrid part of these powertrains the electric motors the regenerative regen yeah i'm not even gonna try it (laughs) the, the regeneration of battery power, yeah. uh, through the brakes. Um, you know, I learned also this year that there is very little rear brake on the car. It's actually electrically braked thr- through those motors. Hmm. Um, which is interesting, but, uh, just, yeah, I could, I could read on, I could read up on F1 cars and I may do that in the off season because it's just, it's incredible technology to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, maybe in the coming weeks we can put more of a uh a, a bow on the season i'd like to do maybe some uh end of season awards or something but do you have uh you have something you want to say about f1 before we move on no
0: i don't think so let's let yeah i would like to do a a show um or half a show or a segment yeah on uh, we'll talk about construct the constructor standings where everybody ended up some surprises there uh especially in the 4 or 5 position mm-hmm. uh, but we can get into that later. Yeah. Um other than that no I again it was wasn't the greatest race to end the season. Uh but looking forward to next year and we'll see um we'll see with the driver shifts and and uh, new drivers coming in hopefully we'll have um some good racing to talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good good season of f1 all things considered and hoping for even better next year seems like
0: it went fast Uh, and we didn't mention but this is our 20th
1: this is episode 20
0: right 20 20 podcasts for (laughs) for good or bad um we i certainly have a good time doing them um i know the people who listen seem to enjoy it Uh, but it's been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and um hard to believe that We started this in June. Yeah. uh, Was there a rate? We started it right before the first race of the season,
1: right? No. So we started in June. First race was in March. Okay. So we missed a a few. We missed our first breakdown, I think, might have been um, I don't know, whatever was after Miami.
0: Yeah, so the, they had about eight races, probably six or eight races in the books before we started. But
1: yeah, next year full full coverage. But yeah, all right. Well, uh, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, and that's the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, we actually now I'll kick it off with this because we actually have a question from a listener, and uh, I don't know this person personally. That was interesting. Um, Did it say who it was? It's from user uh, Jolly, Jolly, Jolly O.V. I don't know. I'm probably butchering that. But his question is this. Besides Argentina, who lost to Saudi Arabia in the opening game, what is the biggest surprise slash disappointing result of this World Cup for you? So far? Surprise slash disappointment.
0: Um, I, I wouldn't. I don't have one. <laughs> no surprises. For um, you? no, not at all. I, I don't know these teams well enough, or who's supposed to be <laughs> better than whom. I mean, I know what, from what you and I've talked about who the heavy hitters are, but I mean, I haven't. I guess there's been some upsets. Sure um, but I wouldn't know enough about either one of those teams to say one way or the other.
1: Well, okay, so biggest surprise for me I um, obviously he mentioned it, Argentina was a big deal but uh, Japan taking on Germany and winning that one was mildly surprising, although Japan are a good team now, however, Japan actually lost this morning to Costa Rica and Costa Rica lost to Spain seven nil in their first game, so that's pr- honestly that might be my most disappointing result, because uh, Japan coming off of beating Germany and then losing to one of the worst teams in this competition is probably not great.
0: Uh, Japan seemed like a way better team than that, but yeah. again, I wouldn't. I don't know anything about Costa Rica.
1: Uh, they're old and not that good. So,
0: but it, this. Is not like unlike other tournaments of this style. Yeah. Anyone can beat anyone. Yeah. It on really any depends given day. On the
1: day. Um I mean just just running through Morocco beat Belgium today 2 0. Belgium are supposed to be this big pow- heavyweight that they kind of consistently underachieve, but their FIFA world ranking is number two. So, I mean that's that's a pretty big upset there. Um, most disappointing, and I kind of said it um, and maybe you will segue into this now that we have witnessed u s a against England and how well the u s played I'm a little disappointed we didn't beat Wales.
0: They certainly looked like a little bit different team between the two games, at least from what I know of yeah. uh. I maybe it was a case of it was a wake up call in that first round game to you cannot in this tournament or this cup, you cannot take your foot off the gas mm-hmm. you If you think you're gonna go out and ding a couple of goals and then just pack it in pack it in, you're gonna get your ass kicked every time, yeah, um and I noticed that the style of play. Between the whale, the game against Wales and England was much faster. The pace was quicker. Yeah. Um, more. More shots on goal. I mean, we had at least five quality shots that any one of them were just inches away from going in the net. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That game was much closer than it looked on paper when we were watching it. And some of the fans in some of the fans for England that were um, at the bar also commented that they they felt like um, we played a better game than they did for sure.
1: Yeah, but, that that's been the general consensus from, you know, everything that I've seen that England was outplayed by the U.S. and. That's kind of happened every time we played them in the World Cup, believe it or not. We still have yet to lose to them in a World Cup. Um, I'll just run through some stats from the England-USA game. Possession, 56% for England to 45% for the United States of America. Uh, 10 total shots for the US compared to England's eight. Um, we had seven corners to their 3 we had oh technically only one shot on target but we had Christian Pulisic uh has that shot go off the post and we also have McKenney who had that golden chance that if you remember he skies it unfortunately um and again you know the US after two games have two points in by no means is that a disaster but sometimes you just can't help feeling man we could we could have won both of those games we really could have yeah and it would have
0: been nice to have that type of start or you know six points is huge (laughs) yeah
1: I mean that would we would have been booked into the next round already but the expectation for this team was always one in which just play play to the best of your ability and Let's see what happens. I mean, this is a project that is very clearly building towards 2026 when we host that World Cup. Um, it's the second youngest squad in the World Cup. So clearly this is a team that's focused more on the future. Um, Any reason or who's the guy you, that we
0: were supposed to be watching for who hasn't played yet? Gio Reyna. Any, What is so, your theory behind th- this the is fact a, that this guy hasn't played a minute yet?
1: We've got a... We are inches away from a, a full-on debacle here. <laughs> Drive-to-survive style. Um, so Gio Reyna, probably our most talented player in terms of just pure technical ability, has played a grand total of about 10 minutes this tournament so far. Um did not feature against Wales, which maybe costed us the game. Instead, Greg Burhalter opts for Jordan Morris, um, who is arguably the worst player on the roster. Um, so that was that was befuddling, and you know people were thinking, okay, why why did that happen, and what was the purpose of that? Maybe it's just. Gio Reyna's had some injury trouble. Maybe we're just taking it cautious. Um, but then in the post-match interview after Wales, of course, they asked Gio Reyna uh, what the deal with that was, and he says, I'm 100% fit. I'm ready to go at any time. So that's already a red flag there. Then after the England game, where he features for, again, 10 minutes maybe, Um, it starts to come out um, from some pretty reliable sources. Uh, There's a a guy named Eric Wynalda, who's a former uh, national team player, that said on a uh, Twitter space, which is like a live kind of podcast thing that you can do on Twitter, uh, he said that uh, Gio is 100% fit and his dad, Claudio, who also used to play for the men's national team, is really upset with Greg Burhalter that he's not playing at all. And we're th- now it's getting to the point where there might be some personal thing going on hmm. between the manager and Gio Reyna. Interesting. Which is not what you, you do not want to have that in the locker room at in this tournament where, well. Especially now, we're going into the game against Iran, which is... Win or go home, and that is Tuesday. Tuesday, two p.m. So, it. If if we could just put a, aside these personal issues, uh, with this team, that would be fantastic. Uh, if you're Greg Burhalter just just play your best players. It's it's simple, you know. And we're we're gonna be going into the Iran game. And Iran are going to sit back and let us attack them for 90 minutes. So, we need our best attacking options on the field. And one of those is Gio Reyna.
0: Maybe he'll make his uh, debut.
1: I hope he needs to start, in my opinion, but I need to see at least 30 minutes of Gio Reyna. And I felt Friday, and you heard me say it probably a bajillion times, we need... Greg Berhalter needs to make subs quicker, in my opinion. Uh, he kind of blew it against Wales. Um, didn't didn't really respond to the change in the tone of that game. Uh, there, it was clear that Wales were coming out with different tactics, and one in which they were no longer just going to sit back and let us do everything. And I I just think Greg Berhalter did not respond to the The way the game was changing, and that might have costed us
0: the what little I know about strategy and so forth uh, I do know when <laughs> it seems like uh, it's about eight eight minutes or ten minutes late getting the subs in. I don't understand that logic, <laughs> especially yeah. you can't have a guy out there for uh you know 70 plus minutes and you could tell he's a, he's got nothing left you've got a whole bench yeah put put somebody on there with fresh legs and go take some fucking shots
1: yeah we have a lot of our starting 11 are coming into this tournament not in amazing form or not totally fit like Weston McKenney I don't I don't think he could go a full 90 right now and and he played probably 80 minutes against England Timothy Wea is another guy that I don't think could really go a full 90. We have the attacking options. And you, and you saw against England and Wales, when a guy like Brendan Aronson comes on, there's a whole new spark in the midfield um, in the attack. Like, he, he is guns a at all times. And, you know, just use the talent that is at your disposal, Greg Berhalter, please. So,
0: what is your prediction for, say, the top four teams? Who's going to go, who's going to be in it at the end, and mm-hmm. what do you think the final cup match will be?
1: Um, before this tournament started, I would have said Brazil, Argentina, actually I, I have a, Uh, thing. I believe I put Brazil, Argentina, um, Denmark, maybe, and Germany. Um, Denmark have one point after two games. Germany has lost to Japan. They play at two uh, today as we record, so they have zero points currently. Argentina has three points after losing to Saudi Arabia. Uh, They beat Mexico yesterday, but I mean, it took everything in their power to do that. Messi had a wonder goal that gave him the lead. Um, and then Brazil, Neymar Jr., their best player, out for the rest of the group stage with an ankle injury. So so shake, it, it's not shaking out the way yeah. it's supposed to shake out? No, uh, and it never really does. I still think Brazil are the favorites, even if Neymar's not 100%, and he has not been 100 percent in world cups before and they make it deep so at this moment as we record i would still think it's brazil is the favorite but i think france have totally put themselves in the driver's seat um in their group they they're through pretty much they have six points um and you know I talked about that kind of curse that World Cup winners have where the next tournament they lay an egg. Well, France has not laid an egg. Mm -hmm. um, Two convincing victories. Um, So I think France are definitely going to be there in the semis. Uh, Man, I I really don't know. It's wide open. I think Spain actually have suddenly become a contender, a real contender. They destroyed Costa Rica, and I, I do think they'll beat Germany today. Um,
0: That's at 2?
1: That's at 2 p.m. We are currently keeping a loose eye on Croatia versus Canada. Canada took the lead in this one, uh, but Croatia's gotten two quick goals back, so we'll see what happens there. Canada were a pleasant surprise against Belgium. They lost to Belgium 1-0, but I, I really felt like they were the better team in that one.
0: This just kind of popped into my head as we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. Um, what say you about the fact that there were no little to no penalties called in the U.S. versus England game? Um, I mean, yeah, there I don't were, recall a single. There were no yellow cards.
1: I don't think so. No,
0: um, I don't think there were. I don't know that there were any actual calls.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pulling up the. Uh, stats here. That should probably give us better. Clearly, there
0: was one incident where it was
1: 100%. That was Luke Shaw's tackle on... uh, I don't remember, but Luke Shaw had a terrible studs-up tackle, gets none of the ball, no yellow card for him, which was, quite frankly, unbelievable. Trying to find where we have fouls. Uh, Yeah, so no yellow cards of any kind, which... Isn't terrible. I mean, yeah, Luke Shaw should have had one, but I'm glad we avoided yellow cards just from the perspective of a USA fan. For whatever reason, I cannot find the fouls. Oh, here we go. Fouls committed. United States, 15 fouls committed. Jesus. Um, England, 9.
0: Okay, so...
1: so that's incorrect, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. I guess
0: they... I don't know. It just seems... Like it was different,
1: like it was called differently. Yeah, and that's Um, the thing with officiating in soccer is it's super subjective. Um, I, I, I think there were a few yellow card incidents that were missed. Maybe it wasn't so much that fouls weren't being called, but there were a lot of, it felt like there were a lot of opportunities for the ref to really grab control and dish out some yellows.
0: Maybe that's what it was.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you saw it. This game was played at, you know, helter-skelter level. Like, this was this was rock and roll. Like, big tackles flying in, games going at 100%, you know. And, you know, like, a standout player for me was Tyler Adams in the midfield, and he was probably the player of the game. You know, sprinting. 50 yards to make a tackle and intercepting passes and distributing well. I mean, he was an engine, a true engine.
0: I hope they play the same style yeah.
1: against Iran. It's going to look different because Iran's going to sit back. England didn't really sit back against us, obviously. They they had the Lions share of the possession. So we're going to have to do something we haven't done that well, and that's break down a low block, which is pretty much when you're in possession and your opponent has every single man behind the ball, which we will probably see for the majority of the game unless we – which the best thing that could happen is we take an early lead and it forces Iran to come out of that low block because we play better in the transition anyway um, with with our – speedy wingers and whatnot so yeah i mean if you would have told me at the beginning of this tournament that heading into the final group stage match uh the you know our destiny our destiny was in our own hands i would have accepted that for sure um you know i'm, I'm disappointed that we didn't beat Wales, but that's tournament football you know there's shit happens Mm-hmm. shit happens so all you know it's pretty straightforward for the u.s Win and you're in and that's that's exactly what has to happen and i i think it will i'm, I'm pretty confident heading into that one um how have you enjoyed the world cup experience so far i mean this is your first time really paying any attention yeah. to it yeah well it's it reminds
0: me of the Olympics, sort of, with the style of coverage on TV, and mm-hmm. obviously you can have your, your political opinions about where this is being played, but I haven't seen too many other places that are that awesome looking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just based on <laughs> what you're seeing on TV, it's very impressive. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. It's very they're impressive. Not gonna yeah, they're not going to show you They're not going to show you the stuff. of <laughs> Doha, I mean, but uh, yeah, yeah. I,
0: Um, it seems a little tiring in the same way that the Olympics are, where it seems to be on all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) And that'll taper. The group stage is kind of, it's a good comparison with March Madness. You know, the first round, it's like, holy shit. Everybody's. You you can watch basketball for 14 hours a day. Right, right. You know. That makes sense. It'll taper off, you know, and. After this group stage, the round of 16 will occur, and then you'll get a few days off, actually, before the quarterfinals start. So, you know, and also, as a side note, match day three in the group stage, your group matches are played at the same time. So, actually, there will only be you know four hours of, of soccer compared to, it's like almost ten. What a match day this was. What a match day this was. was. What a match day it was on Friday when we avoided defeat and took the game to the three Lions.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And um, still a little bit surprised by the number of people who uh, showed up to watch that game.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It was packed to the gills. It was packed.
0: It was packed. We got there over an hour early cautiously and it was black friday this place is in the middle of the goddamn shopping shopping mall yeah so uh i'm glad we got there early because there wasn't a seat in the house by the time the game started
1: yeah yeah for sure and it was an awesome atmosphere i'm glad we got to experience that for sure you know i'm i i'm just a nervous men's national team fan where i i just can't bring myself to get into the the chance and the, the the big celebrations after every play uh, I think that's just the the pessimist in me yeah but uh and I, you know i I don't want to ride a high horse, but i've I don't can't recall the last time I missed a men's national team game I've seen a lot of disappointment <laughs> you know right so i I'm just wired to think the worst, but you know they really they really did play well. They really did and I'm glad
0: yeah you have to at some point in these wh- whether it's soccer or the game yesterday against Ohio <laughs> State I was a wreck you have to when you get up by two scores you gotta enjoy it a little bit I do I know, you know it well like,
1: it here's the thing <clears throat> maybe ne- next year I can if we take a lead in the the game I can be a little more Zen it's just you know I was thinking about this last night Michigan is four and 14 in my lifetime against Ohio State. oh yeah I
0: get it I get it but if you take that rivalry back to its inception yeah you'll see that these things have a way of yeah of working themselves out I know (laughs) and there's all there's been many many pendulum swings where we beat them 12 years in a row Mm -hmm. and everybody likes to talk about the cooper era yeah if you're a buckeye fan and what a you yeah. know
1: see i d- i didn't get to live the 90s when michigan was routinely beating ohio state you
0: know? yeah i, I did <laughs> and yeah i'm sure i had a awesome. lot more passion for the game in general back then i don't college football is okay <laughs> I, I i enjoyed watch, yeah. the game yesterday um i don't watch much during the year mm-hmm. um I don't know. I felt pretty good about the fact that we're going back to Ann Arbor next year and we we beat them by 21 points at the supposed place where nobody can win.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Um I think it's fucking hilarious though. And this has been the way it's been my entire life, okay? For the guy for the listeners who don't know, <laughs> we're podcasting from somewhere near Akron, Ohio. Yeah. I was born and raised in Canton, Ohio, which is the birthplace of professional football. I've never been a Buckeyes fan, ever, not in my entire life. Um, how I chose Michigan, I I don't really recall the exact moment or time or place or whatever. I spent some time in Northeast Ohio, very close to the Michigan border. I think maybe that had some something to do with it at the time. Yeah, Toledo, north Northwest. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Northwest, yeah. Uh, re- regardless, mm-hmm. uh, there are no bigger talkers than Buckeye fans leading up to this game. Yeah. And then you have two types of fans. You've got the the fan A who is uh, digging a hole in his backyard so that he can shoot himself and fall into it. He's not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. No reaction, no great game, no yeah. whatever. Then there's fan B, who uh, has to apologize. Uh, you know, I'm getting texts from people telling me, you know, how shitty they played and what the fuck. And not not one Buckeye fan will ever give you props for no. a win, ever, 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 yeah. ever. And it's, that that's what annoys me most about that particular rivalry and the fact that I have to be around a lot of these types of fans at work and so on and so forth all the time. Mm -hmm. They're all cut from the same fucking cloth, right? Oh, I know. There's no, there's no humility there. You know, they, I don't know. At least I feel like other fans in the, and I'm not just talking about Michigan. This is, this is a whole different, you, you can admit defeat. You can talk about your shortcomings. If your coach is a fucking pervert, you call him a pervert. Mm-hmm. You don't hide
1: behind. You know, I can't believe that guy's even on TV. Yeah, and I apologize for some of you that maybe uh, don't listen to this podcast for college football, but I, I we need to vent. And <laughs> well, we knew this
0: was going to be kind of a, a uh, loose, a loose loose format with the end of the f1 series we got a lot of sports going on right now we're in the middle of the world cup which is a lot of fun but that was the biggest game of our year for college football mm-hmm. you and i yeah so we're we're going to talk about it <laughs>
1: um, and, yeah let me just and i'm i don't want to focus on how fucking stupid buckeye fans are but just for a second i live for half the year, 20 minutes from the horseshoe, so if you want to talk about living in Buckeye country, <laughs> that's me. Oh, I know. I get it. And I, I don't know that I could if I were you. It's, but It's a fan base that will never, ever, ever, ever admit that they were outplayed. You know what they'll do? Here's what they I I've noticed this this year because they didn't lose until we played them. They'll admit that They played like shit when they, you know, beat Northwestern by 14 or sneak out of fucking Maryland. Uh, And they'll go, oh, I cannot believe how terrible we were. And C.J. Stroud sucks. And Ryan Day is a fucking terrible coach. You won the damn game. You won the game. It doesn't matter in college football. You just have to win every game. And then... When Michigan throttles you in your own backyard, you're talking about how Ryan Day sucks and how C.J. Stroud can't play in big games And this. You lost to Michigan comfortably. Michigan did not have their Heisman candidate running back playing. Yeah. And their second-string running back, who rushed for 200 and God knows how many yards, had a broken fucking finger and was playing with a cast on his dominant hand. You were outplayed we right. were outplayed. Yeah, you know, 100%. And you know, I'll I'll take this back to soccer just momentarily because it's the same bullshit across the pond. It's about how boring and terrible England played. The US, sure, we didn't win and that's kind of just the the nuance of soccer. Um we didn't win, but we kicked your fucking asses. <laughs> we kicked your ass.
0: Yeah, they played really well and Again, I think that's part of the reason why I don't get into the Michigan-Ohio State game the way I used to is because I don't like all of the horseshit that comes along with it.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of pettiness. It is.
0: (laughs) And it's like I said, it's the same thing. If if we had lost, I would have gotten 400 texts about how shitty Michigan is. Mm -hmm. I got no text yesterday except for the obligatory – you know, a couple of fans that were apologizing, like I said, yeah. you know, I have a friendly wager with the guy that I work with and, you know, and I, he was completely silent, completely silent. Yeah. And it's like, come on, it's a fuck. It's a football game. Yeah. You lost. Yeah. Be a man, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, they, Again, not 30 seconds after the end of that game, I was getting memes. They're going to call for Ryan Day's R- head. Ryan Day's head. Um, and who knows how that will turn out. I Look. He's lost like th- four games right. his entire career. But that career doesn't though. matter to these people. Yeah. You're talking about a fan base who thinks that it's – Really cool and funny that they don't call Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. It's oh, the God. dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire uh, life. That team up north.
1: Yeah. The worst is the Xing out of the M's. Oh,
0: that's even dumber. Oh,
1: God. It's like, all right, do you guys really have to make yourselves look like such assholes all the time? <laughs> yes. Yes, they do because they're not self aware. Or if they are, they just don't give a shit. I don't know. Whatever.
0: Well, they got what they deserved yesterday. So,
1: yeah vengeance uh, and i hope
0: <laughs> i hope they tumble out of the fucking playoff <laughs> playoff you too cuz we... this this loss is more destructive mentally to that team mm-hmm. uh, you know like you said no props given all year long you we we take shit because you say we didn't beat x, x or y oh, team by enough points right don't even get points, me started
1: right? don't even get me started
0: and you, you know i don't know you we, what 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 was the game where they said we narrowly escaped uh, uh, well, just just Illinois, last week Illinois? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no one cares. it's right. about winning. Illinois happens to be a very good football team, yeah. that you did not play, yeah, I don't think. They you did. did not play Illinois this year, Ohio State.
1: Well, look, you got to have something to pick on all year, oh well Michigan's non-conference schedule was one of the weakest in college football you schedule college football games 10 years in advance exactly i don't give a shit that
0: that has nothing to do about the 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 schedule for for college football has one percent to do with competitive points yeah and the championship and has 99 percent to do with how much motherfucking money can we make yeah let's be honest no that's how it is i i just i i i don't want to rant because we're almost done here yeah but it just i get so fired up because you know it's so ridiculous all year long we have to hear about how you know they don't like how they were ranked and we we how could you rank us number four we should be number one and fuck alabama and and we should be number one. And you know how many times I heard this year how they should be number one? Yeah. Well, I don't even think they should be
1: number four now. You no, just they got your asses be. handed to they you. They won't be. So, TCU won yesterday. That'll put them up to three. Um, you TCU won by, like, 50 points. Yeah. USC beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. That'll put them at four. Um, the only way they would get in is if one of those teams loses next week, which well, that's, is not terribly uh, likely to happen. I'm so, I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> i'm a happy camper yeah put that in your pipe and smoke it until next year i'm a happy camper because not only did michigan defeat ohio state but the yanks once again took it to the brits across the pond um let's just beat iran let's just beat iran comfortably i'm looking forward to that game
0: off the I'll take some notes on that one. Mm-hmm. I haven't noted any. It's been kind of nice. Sometimes it's fun to watch to soccer <laughs> without yeah. having to write everything down. I
1: knew I wasn't gonna do it for Wales because it was the first time in eight and a half years my country has been in the yeah. World Cup. I'm taking it in as a fan, but yeah, yeah. But I'll 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 watch watch the Iran game because yeah. we'll have something to talk about next week. Some more nuanced coverage. I hope we uh we uh can talk on the podcast about a united states victory over iran and uh maybe preview a round of 16 matchup where it gets shit actually gets real real so a lot of fun this week though for sure
0: yeah yeah it's been a good weekend and um plenty to do do and see so Mm -hmm. i guess with that we're we're close to an hour here um so i'm ready to go if you are
1: yeah, not bad for pretty much totally off the dome. So <laughs> let's take it away.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, give this a little listen here, and then we'll we'll get gone. For Studio 2520. Richard Tanaka. Jason Berner. Roger Rob Plotz. Copyright 2022. This is Tackling the Chicane. I'm Bob Lucius. I'm Garrett Lucius. We'll see you guys next time.